Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Lights, camera, action! Hey guys, this is uh, this is the part where you read your lines. Line? Line. Um. <laughs> line. Chris. Oh, right, right, right. Rising up. And, and crashing through. through. This is Doc and Ziggy with the flood. That's and funny. Doc, what do we do? We take that pop perspective that you've come to love to put the culture in context and so make, we can make, make the mainstream make sense. Because if we do not make sense, we do not make dollars! Holla! Cause you know it's a whole lot going on. This is the show where your favorite unofficial arbiters try to figure Get out- Get that NPR sponsorship. By trying to figure out what really important happened this week. Welcome back to another episode and some of the things that we have to talk about this episode there's a lot of media updates elon musk is throwing a fit republicans continue to blame mass shootings on everything but the availability of guns including porn single moms uh weed video games you know the usual yeah and then the one thing that they're not blaming anything on is the september 6th hearings because they're not even airing them and stephen colbert had something very funny to say about that Rolling Stone magazine put out a very uh, questionable, we'll say questionable, I won't call it trash even though it's trash. A, it's uh, pretty trash. A trash list on the top 200 albums uh, in hip hop history and we're gonna talk about that. Plus, there are some new media updates, new releases coming out. Apparently the house passed some gun reform and apparently the MCU just got really fucking weird. <laughs> That's a hard way. Before we get started, we like to, you know, keep things in context and take a little look back into history so as we go over the things that happened this week, we can have a full perspective of what's going on with the culture, which is what we do here. Every week, we like to tell you all what happened in history one week from today. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. So that means the day that you will be hearing this, not the day that we are, are re actually recording. Because this. we recorded a week behind. Which is actually like a week ahead for you. So it will be June. 18th. There you go. June 18th. This week in history, one week from, that's right, today. So in 1541, Irish Parliament, under no duress whatsoever, elects Henry VIII, King of Ireland. Okay, so why exactly would that be relevant today? Because the absolute last thing the Irish want is British rule. Why do you think there is a Northern Ireland? 
Okay, what else? Do you and got the there? Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom, ah, not Ireland. Right, right, right. No, I got you. So, what else you got for us today? In 1682, William Penn founds Pennsylvania, mm. the colony of Pennsylvania. Ah, this. Uh, fuck. I was gonna say the city. That's Philadelphia, home of. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, you know, the city of the Sixers, Meat Mill, right? Uh, shout out, shout out Your to Eagles. Pennsylvania for Meat Mill. Your Eagles? Your Eagles, the Eagles. Oh. Fly, oh, Eagle, oh, fly. Oh, oh, oh. I, I was like, excuse me? Put some respect on their name. Like the Eagles? Like, All right, you're like, one Super Bowl. Ah, the dig, the dig. You can go with against the, rest the of... Patriots defense with more holes than Swiss cheese. Ah, uh, you can go with the rest of the Patriot. Tom Brady, Tom Brady outperformed fans. Nick Foles that game. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing. Then you must have been smoking crack because the Eagles was running all over that. Uh, Terrible Patriots defense. Yes, we know. We almost beat you the first time with the star Patriots. Do you realize that I'm a Ravens fan? Then why are you riding Tom Brady's not so hard? Because he's the greatest Uh, of all time. uh, I used to hate Tom Brady, but at a certain point, I just realized that I'm never going to see someone do this ever again. You know who a lot of people consider the greatest conqueror of all time? There we go. Well, in 1815, Napoleon lost his most decisive battle at Waterloo. However, you actually said something really funny to me, that the only reason we talk about Napoleon is because of his losses, because he won so much everywhere else. I can't take credit for that. I saw that shit on Reddit somewhere, but I mean, it's true. The only thing we really talk about when we talk about Napoleon is the times he lost because he was so busy winning all the time all the time alexander the great could never yeah well in 1928 people always seem to uh forget the fact that amelia Earhart became the first woman to fly across the atlantic and just tend to remember that she got lost in the bermuda triangle i was gonna say nobody forgets amelia Earhart, but no that is an important distinction there right like she was the first woman pilot to attempt that flight and had done she completed that flight i was gonna say and had completed other several like badass flights up to that point right until she got lost in the bermuda triangle the one time she gets lost right like you know who else could identify with that charles Lindbergh and his baby napoleon charles Lindbergh was a white supremacist uh nazi supporter so fuck charles Lindbergh. baby though i'm what if that baby would you kill baby hitler so I was gonna say, what if that baby, what if the Lindbergh baby had grown up to become like the American version of Hitler? What if the Lindbergh baby grew up to be the real life version of Steve Rogers? Because his father was a white supremacist neo-Nazi? Yeah, and he had daddy issues. So he was like, fuck you, dad. I'm gonna be an amazing person. So like the opposite of Batman. Like I became a superhero despite you. <laughs> okay. All right, enough of uh, this wild tangent. Well, if we're going to talk about wild shit, in 2001, the very first Fast and the Furious premiered, starring Vin Diesel and (laughs) Paul Walker. Shout out to the greatest franchise 
in movie history ever. I am biting right? my tongue a lot during this segment right now. I just want to let you all know that. Can, no, can I tell you that I have not seen a Fast and the Furious movie since, like, I Tokyo Drift, right? I think that's probably the last... Fast and the Furious I've That's seen. It's the too. only Fast and the Furious that matters and you niggas know it. After that, everything else has been a coma dream. No, I, right? I'll say up to Fast 3. Fast 1, 2, and 3 are good. The trilogy? The original trilogy? Yeah. Like the Blade trilogy? Pre-Statham pre and Rock. Uh, I think, you know who else would agree with that? Statham and Rock. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel would agree with that. Vin Diesel would definitely agree with that. You know him and The Rock have like some weird yes, that rivalry. Was the joke. That was the fucking joke. He was like, yeah, no, everything was good before they showed up. Right? And then in 2018, Trump launched the Space Force. And this is something that we were talking about. Like, my biggest problem with it is the name and the symbol. So... Also, I, NASA. Why not just give that to NASA? I'm gonna look up their uniforms. <laughs> also, NASA was sitting right the fuck there. Right? <laughs> the already begging, underfunded department? Begging for funding. <laughs> begging for funding. And Trump was like, nah. You know what we're gonna... NASA? Not cool. Name's washed. You know what we're gonna do? Space Force, baby. That's right. Trump branding. And like, God, the logo does look like something. Yeah, it looks straight up like Star Trek. It really does. It really looks straight up Star It Actually, you know what it looks like? It looks like a paper airplane. If you look at it, it looks like a paper airplane. It does kind of look like a paper airplane. Um, it definitely looks like something L. Ron Hubbard would have come up with. I argue that there isn't really a better name for it though. I mean, what else was he gonna call it? Other than NASA. Uh, I no. mean, I, I would've honestly just called it, I, I would've just expanded NASA. It looks like the technical name for it though is the United States Space Corps, right? Or United States Space Command. Um, That's not as bad. No. I think I think they probably did that after Trump went on the stage and was like, Space Force. And then the people actually behind it were like, that's ridiculous. Let's come up with a legitimate name. You know who didn't think that shit was ridiculous? Steve Carell. And uh, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> right? Like, they were like, fucking brilliant, bro. Why didn't I think of that? Space Force? That's fucking hilarious. That actually is the last of the This Day in History one week from today. But after we talked about everything that happened This Day in History, there's a lot of new stuff that's coming out after today. So let's take a break before we dive in to all of the new shit coming out that you can watch and listen and take in. Break! Come on, Eileen. That was the white 1980s karaoke song that I was thinking of. Because you were trying to say that I always come in on the whitest fucking songs, and then we had to re-record this. 
Hey, Zach, I was calling you because I couldn't think of the white people 1980s karaoke song, and I kept thinking that it was called Hey There, Delilah, and then I just remembered that it was actually Come On Eileen, because Doc and I were talking about how I always come into recording singing the whitest fucking music of all time, and I was trying to think of the whitest 1980s karaoke music song of all time, and I remembered that it was one that was at every single wedding, and it's Come On Eileen. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely come on out of here. Alright. <laughs> hey, yo, Zach, thank you for making the blooper, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks, Zach. Bye. Bye, right, see you. Take care. <laughs> God, I love Zach. Because I can literally just call him about that. I, I love the fact that he called back. Right? Yep. Like, <laughs> he was like, oh shit, I missed the call from Dan. I wonder if it was important. Nope. No, it wasn't. No, Zach typically knows, like, it's going to be either I just need to, to ask you something. Like, that's that's what I use phone calls for. Like, if I actually, like, need to talk, I'll probably text you beforehand and be like, look, I actually need to talk. But if I'm just trying to get something really fast out of somebody, I'll probably just call them and be like, blah, 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 blah. Do you know this? And they're like, yes. All right, cool. Just like that. As we were talking about old 1980s music, how about we talk about new things instead? I was gonna say, you know what else seems like some white shit to me? And I say that lovingly. Quitting your $450,000 a year job out of boredom. That's right, you heard me. $450,000 a year to work at where? Netflix. Netflix. A former senior software engineer at Netflix revealed how boredom made him walk away from a 450,000 year unlimited paid time off job. At where? At Netflix. Michael Lynn has not looked back since quitting his job in May 2021. Writing a piece for Business Insider, Lynn believes he ultimately made the right decision. Lynn, who started working at the streaming giant after leaving his job at Amazon in 2017, writes, he was happy to get a promotion and return home to the Bay Area. At the time, I thought I would stay at Netflix forever. I made 450,000 a year, got free food daily, and had unlimited paid time off. It was a big tech dream. Did he, did he get a free Netflix subscription? Nearly four years later, Lynn submitted his resignation. His mentor at Netflix made him pause to think after advising that he, you know, looked for other jobs or have other jobs lined up, saying that the leverage he had with his salary at Netflix would be something that he would desperately miss out on. Um, but Lynn says that he learned a lot on a daily basis in his early days at Netflix, and he claims that that shine began to wear off about two years in, right? Uh, the, to reconsider his direction was uh, COVID-19, duh, <laughs> right? Um, he said after COVID-19, he began to reevaluate things and he began to um, kind of reminisce on his old dream of being an entrepreneur. So eventually he decided that the job wasn't engaging enough and he even claims that he tried to transition into like other departments, but there was no horizontal mobility at Netflix. So he decided to quit. You know what's really funny is I was watching the episode of South Park last night where 
Cartman and them trying to make their own cinematic universe with the Coon and friends. And they called Netflix and they were like, hello, Netflix, you're greenlit. How may I help you? Uh, so <laughs> once again, as you know, we've been talking about Netflix consistently for a while Because now. they keep putting themselves in the news. They've had a pretty shitty year as far as the stock market goes, right? Like they just lost like, I think another 9% on the for their market share right which has some of their investors a little bit worried and people are dropping their subscriptions well yeah they lost what was it two hundred thousand subscribers in the first quarter some people which, said they're paying like twenty dollars a month now for netflix if you get the like full uhd like 4k version of netflix which a lot of people probably don't need I feel like Netflix's problem is is they giving the wrong people the wrong money, right? And they know that. That's why they said they're not gonna do these uh, these uh, vanity projects, projects such anymore. as The Irishman. And I guarantee you there will be a lot less Michael Lins because listen, listen, listen. I know rather distastefully earlier I said this was some white people shit but I feel like rather accurately this is some, some white, white people, people shit it's like white privilege I, I don't know my the last name Lynn right also it seems like he's an immigrant right so maybe it's not L-I-N yeah L-I-N okay yeah. that would be Chinese so I'm not gonna assume one way or the other that this is a white person but I can test this is still some white people shit. <laughs> the fuck? 450,000K a year. That's dumb. For paid an engineer. Free, unlimited. Unlimited paid time off. That's bonkers. And he quits out of boredom. I argue, if you are getting paid $450,000 a year, how bored can you fucking be? Dude, download Team Fight Tactics on your phone. I, no, fuck that, son. He wanted to become an entrepreneur, right? Like, I argue, how many hours are you working with unlimited paid time off that you can't venture out to become an entrepreneur while, while still taking your $450,000 a year paycheck and get to continue to put on your resume that you are currently working at Netflix. As as a senior, senior software engineer. Fuck out of here, my nigga. This is And me. let's say, Netflix, despite their rising costs and sometimes skeptical content, has probably the best user interface of all the streaming services. Mmm. Mmm. Hold on, because I'm thinking, right? Uh, there's a couple of streaming services, right, that I feel like have really trash UIs, right? Like, Amazon. Uh, oh, God. Amazon's Amazon's UI awful. is fucking garbage, dog. My favorite streaming service right now is fucking HBO Max, right? And, I've been using my HBO Max subscription. I mean, they have 25 seasons of South Park. Their UI isn't bad, but it's buggy as fuck. Right, like, you know what I've noticed? Their UI on their mobile is actually better than their UI on uh, like a PS4. Their Roku UI? Okay, like I don't know. Okay, maybe, maybe it's my Roku TV, right? Maybe it's a little old. All I'm saying is I be watching HBO Max down this bitch 
and every now and again, this motherfucker just crap out on me, right? And it'll go back to the fucking Roku home screen. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. If y'all, if y'all feel like, you know, it's not just me, then, then say something to HBO. Because, I, I don't know. I just feel like out of all the streaming services right now, they probably have one of the best catalogs. I'd agree. Um, I'd agree. I mean, they have all of HBO, and HBO since the early '90s has been like the creme de la creme of not television. Just, I mean, okay, not to ride HBO's nuts, but like I, they got the whole Cartoon Network catalog. They got that TMC, the TCM catalog, right? They um, have all of the pre 2021 Comedy Central catalog, except for Chappelle Show. No, I, they, I feel like they do have Chappelle show on there. Not anymore. Oh, maybe not. Okay. Speaking of Roku and Netflix, there are rumors around the mill, right, that to alleviate some of the dip in their stock value that Netflix is seeing, they are looking to maybe purchase another one of their major streaming competitors in buying out Roku itself i mean isn't roku kind of just like a navigation so it started out as like a fire stick kind of thing yeah. like amazon or the uh what's the google one the google uh, uh the google chromecast yeah it started out as like a chromecast like fire stick kind of thing but now they make tvs and all of that right what the speculation is is that netflix will use the Roku capabilities to kind of like push the brand in different directions than what they were doing before. Maybe like coming out with like Netflix sticks or like just Netflix TV. Netflix like, sticks sounds weird. Um, I'm, how else do you Netflix and chill without your Netflix stick? <laughs> Don't want to take a ride on my Netflix stick. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, so, I don't know. I feel like that's a weird pivot to make in what feels like an... Uh, to me, I, I don't know, personally. Uh, I feel like this fear, right, that is being put on the Netflix drop is... The drop in value is a bit overinflated. It is still cemented as a streaming giant. Right, like, and here's some things coming out that would solidify it. Okay, I think Netflix might be the only streaming service where the UI is capable of even handling the Cyberpunk 2077 anime. Did you say Cyberpunk 2077 anime when we still like are? I I heard they cleaned the game up a little bit, but I it's been quiet. For that whole studio ever since. So yep. Netflix is taking on the task of, I guess, what, like kind of rebranding it and maybe breathing some life back into the franchise. The story is supposedly cool, but we did just watch the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, the Netflix series. And my biggest takeaway from it is its animation is beautiful. It almost comes across like a cyberpunk version of Akira animation. So, I mean, like, 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 it's, it's like Ghost in the Shell meets Akira in how it's drawn. So, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Edge Runner is 
a project produced by CD Projekt Red and uh, Studio Trigger, funded by Netflix. And the trailer and the special clip that they released, right? Like, they, they the animation looked beautiful, right? It like, looks I'm gorgeous. Not, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This looks pretty intense. It has an animation style that it's going to make me want to watch it the same way I watch Demon Slayer. Like, I think everybody oh, I at this... definitely want to watch it. I think um, everybody has come to the consensus with Demon Slayer. It's like, it's like a mediocre shonen with the greatest animation we've ever seen. Like, yeah, no. Demon like that's Slayer basically is, Demon Slayer. It is beautiful, right? No, the Demon Slayer is beautiful on a whole different level. Like it's those absurd. ancient, like those ancient Japanese like paintings, and like the one with the waves that everybody. That's that's Demon Slayer in anime. Form, like Demon right? Slayer does the the animation style so beautifully, in the way that like I think UFO Table does Demon Slayer, which is the same studio that did Fate Zero and Fate Unlimited Blade Works. Personally, I think are the best animated anime I've ever seen. So the most unique art style I've seen in an anime uh, recently has to, for me personally, is the, the animation style in the Great Pretender series that Netflix produced. It almost has like this watercolor background kind of like style to it but with like that anime flair that we're used to you know what that reminds me of the way you describe it uh, i don't know how much you've seen of legend of korra oh the the uh avatar spinoff yeah yeah I, so I, there's okay. two episodes in that series that i think are the best episodes of the entire franchise and they're about the first avatar where actually if you look on our background is right here Avatar 1, and it's all done with basically like an anime art style with the background being like 14th, 15th century right, the, Japanese right. art style. The animation of him using his bending is like the classic art style, right. which is very, very cool. It's a super unique, it's a unique style. blend of yeah. the culture and the context of the storytelling medium and all that. The Netflix Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runner is uh, set to release in September. It's an original Netflix series and is part of the ever-expanding series based on the Cyberpunk universe, right? It is a 10-episode run, so we'll get 10 episodes in the mm -hmm. first season and then we'll see based on how it does whether or not they'll be greenlit for a second season, how these things typically run. So it'll be um, about the same run length of Arcane. Right. And, you know, Which is another beautifully animated show. Right. I don't know if you've watched Arcane yet. No, I haven't. But Netflix has not. I, it, Netflix is not disappointed with the animation, right? Like the the anime, the cartoons that they've been putting out. Despite the fact that they've slashed the animation budget, it That's feels like they feel being... like it's sad, right? Like they, I felt like they were kind of in their bag there with the. I mean, like even the Cuphead animation right and you know i've got kids so like some of the children's cartoons like there mm -hmm. i mean like uh what was that uh midnight gospel right which followed that whole adventure time kind of uh with uh what was that fucking adult swim show a uh, super jail right like, yeah. It was, yeah it was like super jail meets like uh adventure time super jail was to me like everybody was like if you need to watch something on acid yeah, everybody no. was like super jail i why 
why would you recommend, sorry people on mic, but why would you recommend for people on acid to watch a show that routinely ends in bloodshed? Every episode of that show ends in a fucking massacre the same way like Metalocalypse does, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's like suggesting to somebody, go watch Metalocalypse while you're on acid and tell me you don't have a bad trip. My nigga, what the fuck is you talking about? Playing drums on um, acid was really fun. Although, I don't feel like you'll have a bad trip watching Cyberpunk 2077 on acid, though. You know what you might have a bad trip watching on uh, on acid, though? What's that? Castlevania Nocturne. Mm. So, after the season finale, or the series finale of the last Castlevania Which series. was a fucking great series finale. Like, the fight between Trevor and Death. Also, Death just being like, fuck you, Belmont. Like, 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 have, have you watched have, the end of Castlevania? Like, Death is just like a... No, I he's hilarious. He's like, I'm gonna eat your soul and then shit it out and then throw it away. So fuck you, Belmont. And he's... Yeah. He's so hilarious. So, but Castlevania Nocturne, I'm super hyped because it's about, uh, you know, the best Belmont, Richter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Die, monster. In the trailer, it's all, it's a whole different, like, animation style, right? Like, this is that cel-shading, like, 3D animation that Netflix has been, like, kind of dipping their feet into with, like, the Ghost in the Shell series that they did. But I'm sure that the and quality of animation is going to stick up, because anybody who's seen the Netflix Castlevania series, that animation, also beautiful. Right, that was, like, the boon. They're really good. The They're really good at using, like, the, uh, the after image yeah. of movement. Right. And by using that after image, they made it feel very fluid. But they also made it feel very fast. Yeah, but this is more of, like, what they did with the new Baki series that they just recently did, or the uh, even the Berserk series that they did. That's, this is more that kind of style. But I'm super hyped because I'm going to guess, based off of the original Netflix Castlevania series, the extremely successful one. Right, no, I mean, it was definitely, like... See, that's why I feel like when we talk about Netflix and we... We're saying it had appeal like, to people beyond Castlevania fans, just like Arcane had an appeal beyond League of Legends fans. It's not even just that that I'm going into. What I'm saying here is, like, in the macro perspective, Netflix is taking these drops right now in its stock value, but I, I feel like Netflix is truly being underrated. Netflix has all these hidden gems, and what they have right now is the curse of overabundance. They've got so many bangers. <laughs> that it's like thank you for calling netflix your green light how can i help you <laughs> so many bangers right that people are like it ain't even shit to watch on netflix that's not it it's too much to watch on netflix and y'all niggas don't know whether to watch is it cake or <laughs> fucking well the thing is is like the I new feel like cyberpunk 2077 if they're slashing their animation budget but they're still going out with 2077 and with castlevania that right. that at least shows they know what is good with think, their animation budget. I think they're just pulling back right now to kind of conserve a little bit um, to see what direction they should take moving forward to fix some of the failures and some of the drops that they've seen in their market value. So the reason I'm really excited about 
this Castlevania Nocturne series is because I already can see that it would line up for four seasons. The first two would be the game Richter starred in, which was Rondo of Blood. Right. And then the next two would be almost the consensus greatest Castlevania ever made, which would be Symphony of the Night, where Alucard is the lead. So, according to Forbes, it looks like they're leaning into the legacy of Rondo of Blood. So, we'll probably get that first, and depending on how well the series does, maybe they'll, like, you know, move forward into the series run featuring Alucard. Yeah, and the cool thing about Rondo is it, as far as, opposed to other Castlevanias, like, Trevor just had, you know, Trevor in the game, Trevor, Sypha, Alucard, and then the pirate, Grant, who was not pictured in the game at all. In Rondo, there's Richter, there's Maria Renard, there's all of the girls that were kidnapped by Dracula, there's the village people, so there's a much larger cast for <laughs> hey, him to play yo off. Yo, man! <laughs> and like, the... <laughs> there's the village people! Yo, man! Did you not hey. suck my blood? I said, hey, no. man! <laughs> Could you kill Dracula? I said, hey, man! Your last name is Belmont, and I know that this is your job. (laughs) So, in other Netflix news, uh, Netflix recently dropped a movie featuring Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah as the leads. Adam Sandler is once again living out the dream where he is like a staple in basketball, because we all know how much Adam Sandler loves That's three basketball basketball movies now. (laughs) So yes. Do you know how many like like Adam Sandler is regularly in pickup games with NBA players? What do you consider the three Adam Sandler basketball movies? Because I was just having- Uncut Gems, this, oh, and yeah. then Hustle on Netflix that just came out with that's, also that's, starring that's Anthony movie, Edwards. That's the movie I'm talking oh. about. It's Hustle, right? So it's okay. Eight so crazy. it's two. So no, to me it was Eight Crazy Nights. Uh, I oh, now yep. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Okay, so that movie was literally just an excuse for Adam Sandler to play pickup games in New York while they filmed a very controversial movie about being a gay couple for the insurance. Well, I mean, I heard a story about Adam Sandler just, like, picking movies at this point to where he just gets to go dope places to do dope stuff. Why would you not do that? That, listen, listen, right? Like that's I mean, Adam Sandler gets to regular, like, 50-something-year-old Jewish guy just gets to regularly play pickup with NBA players. And gets to star in an interracial relationship with Queen Latifah where he is, like, some mastermind star coach, right? He's a scout. Oh, he's a scout. He's, he's a scout, a... and he's the guy that found the guy. Like, the Spanish superstar. Exactly. That's, that's my point, right? Like, Adam Sandler is rich enough and has enough of that Netflix capital, right? Like these vanity projects that we were talking about. Well, here is the most recent one. And believe it or not, this doesn't look like a bad movie. No, it doesn't. You know, like Anthony Edwards, the superstar and best interview in the NBA for the, the Timberwolves. He's in the movie and he plays such a fucking great basketball villain. Like, he's right up next to the... He's the guy that's, like, playing across out of... So like, the, the guy he's scouting. He's the opposite of... What was the fucking dude uh, that was opposite Daniel in Karate Kid? 
the Cobra Kai nigga. Yeah, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the Johnny to. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like he's defending so, him while the guy's bringing about the court, and he's just like, oh, is that your girl? Oh no, that's your mom. I'd be such a great stepdaddy to you. So Adam Sandler plays Mr. Miyagi <laughs> in this basketball movie, um, and I'm I'm totally here for it. You know, because every time Adam Sandler does serious movies, side of they're like, very hit or miss to people. I feel like he does good in serious movies. You know right? what? Like the biggest, like most divisive movie is the movie Spanglish. Funny, funny people. Oh, it's not Spanglish? I think it's Funny People. And I think Funny People <laughs> is one of Adam Sandler's best movies. But I've talked to oh, so yeah, many no. people who think I... that movie is garbage. I think, okay, so there's an argument to be made that it's some of Adam Sandler's best acting. Uh, but the movie itself may be garbage. Right? Um, just like Spanglish. <laughs> right? That's why I said Spanglish. Because that movie is just garbage. <laughs> I bet you Adam Sandler wishes people would forget about it, but I have an Adam, and I'm here to keep reminding people about it. Also, Max Kellerman used to rap. Wow. Um, what are we also remember it, reminding other people of? Uh, while we're at it, let's remind people that Duke Nukem was a thing, right? Uh, you remember the classic video game, the shit-talking, kick-assing... Bubble Doesn't wear a shirt, guy. Bullets, bullet belts across his chest. Very stereotypical masculine American male. Yeah. Right? Uh, well... He's two tattoos short of guile. There are some other people who haven't forgotten about Duke Nukem, and apparently we will be getting, or there is a, Duke Nukem movie in the works. But Doc... How can there be a Duke Nukem movie in the works when Duke Nukem was an avatar for toxic masculinity in the year 2022? How can that happen? Well, Zig, let me tell you. That's something the directors and the uh, screenwriters over at the Duke Nukem uh, staff have been thinking about themselves, and they're actually trying to take lessons from... The Deadpool franchise. Oh! Considering the fact that the character Duke Nukem was literally like the personification of hyper white masculine. It was the American version of Guile. And that's not a good thing. Uh, but Guile was supposed to be American. I know, but Guile is an American parody done by Japan. I... So when you unironically copy Guile, Cinema Blend recently sat down with the producers Adam Form and Brad Fuller when they were on tour promoting the recent Quiet Place sequel, um, and they were explaining how they learned a lot from Tim Miller and Deadpool regarding how to handle tone, right? Like they said, the key to making this a good movie is how they handle the tone. We are working on Duke Nukem right now, and it's going to be about tone, they said. That's that's about the tone. How do you nail the tone in a way that Deadpool nailed the tone, right? Probably with the right casting, right? Um, so speaking of casting... Hold on, so Duke Nukem is like the role that screams get Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? Speaking of casting, 
Let's but, not cast Dwayne the Rock. So you're saying we should like, like, cast like Dwayne. that's when people are just like Duke Nukem. Oh, okay, get the Rock. And then I was like, you know what? John Cena. Not Chris Pratt. No, not Chris Pratt. Oh, he's already Mario. <laughs> no, um, so the internet agreed with you, right? And in a poll that went around, I guess in promotion of the idea of the movie John Cena was like the front runner and currently is signed on to be Duke Nukem. That I think right. that's perfect <laughs> casting. My appreciation for John Cena has only grown over the years, especially after I watched the Peacemaker series where he was basic like John he's Cena we think of Duke Nukem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so He's basically, and that is why I feel like John Cena would be the perfect person to handle the tone of Duke Nukem the same way Ryan Reynolds handled the tone of Deadpool. So, right? like, for anybody who watched the Peacemaker series, you'll see, like, John Cena was, like, super emotionally exposed that whole series. And also, like, he was struggling with the fact that he had to, like, his personality was based on this toxic masculinity and the whole time he's just like stop ransacking my idea of what I should be like the whole so, series I feel like that experience perfectly transitions into the way that like Duke Nukem kind of breaks the fourth wall and is metal with pop culture and like the idea that he is this like bubblegum chewing kick acid in character um, and a fucking tank top, right? So, as of the moment, they're building the script, right? So, there is a chance that if John Cena doesn't like the script, he could back out and he may not be our Duke Nukem. And in, if that is the case, then I nominate Channing Tatum for. <laughs> I was gonna say Vin Diesel, but you said Channing Tatum, and I'm no, like, nope. Twenty one jump sheet, absolutely. Channing fucking Tatum, yeah. do it. Because like Channing Tatum at this point has proven he's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's proven that he's got the comedy chops. And then like this is another thing I I was thinking earlier this week about John Hamm and his role of Don Draper almost made me forget that John Hamm is fucking hilarious. This, the same way that Hustle makes you forget that Adam Sandler is a stand-up comedian. Or that Bob Odenkirk used to write for SNL. Right, right. Um, no, I feel like as far as himbos go, Channing Tatum and, and John Cena are definitely the two perfect... You couldn't get any better perfect casting for a character like Duke Nukem. Or right? Magic Mike. Or Magic Mike. And I feel like both of those guys are like the human personifications of Chad, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, which fits Duke Nukem, right? Like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm using that term like a boomer, <laughs> internet. I, but I feel like as far as Chads go, Duke Nukem. John Cena, Channing Tatum. Well, how about we talk about the personification of a Kyle, Mr. Ezra Miller. I almost feel like that's unfair to Kyle's. Uh, <laughs> Ezra Miller is on the run. 
Again. It is apparently on the run from court papers that- Haha, it's funny because he's the Flash! See his- Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you caught the joke. And it's apparently on the run from court papers that would see him serve for grooming allegations? He is currently dating a 18-year-old whose parents- That picture you showed me of them? The girl's face literally screams, save me. Like, her eyes, her demeanor, and everything. She's just like, save me. You're not the only one who thinks that. Uh, her parents also thinks that Ezra Miller used, like, cult-like tactics to brainwash their daughter into following him around aimlessly and Which is impressive because he's the Flash! Would that make her kid Flash? Because she was a kid when he met her? I feel like as DC is gearing towards making the Flash their like Spider-Man character <laughs> Tom Holland would never? <laughs> the fuck? Miller and his alleged beau met when he was 23 and she was 12 at the Standing Rock Reservation during the 2016 political action to stop the Dakota uh, Pipeline. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, to keep in tone with the recent release of the Elvis biopic, Ezra Miller met his girlfriend when he was 23 and she was 12. Just like Elvis met his girlfriend when he was 24 and she was 14. Yeah. The only difference is, instead of a sleepover, Ezra Miller met his girlfriend at a protest. So. That's so very 2022. <laughs> I guess that's the 2020. Ezra Miller fell in love with a 14-year-old at a high school shooting protest. The Great. court documents the family filed alleged that Ezra Miller exhibited behaviors in a pattern of corrupting a minor. They took to an immediate apparent innocent liking of Dakota Iron Eyes, which is her name. I, I don't know if that is a like screen name that they're using or if that's her actual name. Like I said, he displayed... I mean, you said Native American Reservation, so it's not... Like, it's Iron not, Eyes is not... Yeah, it's not far off to assume that maybe she's Native American. Um, he, The parents alleged that he displayed cult-like behavior and psychologically manipulative and controlling behavior. The family also charges that Miller gave Dakota alcohol, marijuana, and LSD and flew her to places like New York, California, London, Vermont which is where Ezra Miller is stated to have residence, right? So his home out in Vermont and Hawaii. In April, Miller was arrested twice in Hawaii for second degree assault and disorderly conduct. And on Hawaii kicked him out. And on Thursday, Dakota Gibson uploaded a video on Instagram in which they said, after a lengthy buildup, this is my life and these are my decisions. So, the girl is stating that they are stating that they are a consenting individual in this situation. That's funny, because I was also watching an episode of South Park last night 
about toxic relationships and people feeling like they're stuck. So, as Ezra Miller is on the loose, it seems the court is having a little bit of a difficulty serving him the papers that the family has filed in the lawsuit against him. Because he's the Flash and he's really fast! Ha ha! But it just makes me wonder if he is jeopardizing his future as the face of the franchise while they are rebooting the Flash TV series with a completely different actor, right? So Ezra, I feel like, is kind of playing a risky game here. I feel like Ezra, like, read the Wikipedia page for the Flash and all of his powers, and he's just like, eh, I mean, if they really fuck it up, I can just, you know, like, run backwards in time as long as I pass the Black Flash. Like, I just think it's funny that they're doing, like, the whole multiverse thing, and they have a whole different Flash to rely on if Ezra continues to fuck shit up, right? Like, well, if we're talking about multiverses, let's just talk about how the entire MCU has just gotten a million different questions added to it. And I asked my friend Perv, friend of the show about it, and he's just like, if you overthink about it, everything is a variant in the multiverse. But I mean, uh, really? Like if you're gonna, you're gonna have Loki in an episode of The Simpsons. I don't understand why you are so upset about this. It's not, I'm not upset. It just makes me think it makes me feel like I have to watch the entirety of The Simpsons now. They made Spider-Pig a thing. I feel like Spider-Ham... Spider-Ham is amazing. He's he's like the Marvel version of Batmite, which he, is also amazing. He was not a character before The Simpsons. And because Homer had that moment in The Simpsons movie... Spider-Ham? Spider-Ham. Spider does whatever a spider can. So, plausible he deniability. He can crawl on the wall. You change Spider-Pig to Spider-Ham, and all of a sudden you have a crossover that no one saw coming. But then again, all of those... It, it makes, it makes all of the random episodes of everyone. The Simpsons, where they're like in the future, in the past, and alternate realities, those are now canon as variants. I feel like that was already a thing for The Simpsons, but I mean, go off, I guess. Right? It, like, it just, it all feels very, like, idiocracy. But the other thing right? is, is like, like, you know how you can never pinpoint Springfield and they're all in different driving distances at different places? All of those Simpsons episodes must be different variants and they're not the same Homer, Marge, and all of that. I, I honestly feel like at this point... There is opportunity for any franchise to cross over into any other franchise as long as there is money to be made. We could see a Breaking Bad Game of Thrones crossover where, I don't know, Daenerys is given a fucking bag of the most banging meth that she's ever had and sets the dragons loose on the fucking, uh, the, the Frost Nation. I'm sorry, right? I just, I, no, but listen. Listen, that's where I feel like we're at right now. We're in that universe. The moment a Marvel character shows up in Kingdom Hearts, do you know how much the Kingdom Hearts fan base's heads will explode trying to explain how Xemnas is actually in control of everything? So, it's already in the works, and here's why. You know why. We all know why. 
because Disney, Disney still has their fingers in Kingdom Hearts. No matter how bad Square Enix wishes, they had never signed that deal with that mousy devil. Are you um, kidding me? They are reaping all of the benefits. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts has one, two, three. Do you know how many side stories they have? And now that Disney has also acquired one of the most, if not at this point, the most influential comic book franchise of all time, right? You don't think that there is not going to be a moment where Sephiroth has to listen to a monologue from fucking Captain America. Sephiroth is already canon with Ariana Grande, so. I just need to know why. Because there's a Final I... Fantasy music game that actually has a plot no. where you can get no. DLC of Ariana Grande. That's not even what I'm talking about. I need to know why. I have to exist in the timeline where when 2012 happened, we slipped into the parody universe. It's not- And then we split again at Harambe? It's- And then split again at Kobe Retirement? And all these splits are making me feel like we need to take a break. I mean, I did say, I'm like, I told myself, I am not smoking after I'm 30. Congratulations. Listen, I haven't had. I made a promise, I made that promise to myself years ago. I, I will fucking deal with it. Okay, I am in active. How do I put this? I do not smoke cigarettes anymore, right? But, but, I will. Enjoy a cigarette if the occasion calls for it, right? I am not opposed to smoking cigarettes, and that's how I feel like this should be handled. Not in the case of things like heroin or cocaine or like other life ruiners like crack. I'm not saying you should casually go out and smoke crack, I'm just saying, as far as cigarettes. Funny no. thing, I was watching an episode of South Park no, last night. No, no, you were not. Yes, I was. It was the episode no, where they did not. the witch thing and they did the Jack and Crack weekend. <laughs> and they had their witch I pursuit hate, thingy. I hate them for that. That episode was so fucking retarded, bro. Like, <laughs> these niggas was smoking crack in the woods, naked in witch hats. Like, what the fuck, Matt? What the fuck, Trey? I've just been watching through South Park since, like, season 19 onward. I'm in, like, the middle of season 20. I think I'm about season 22 don't, now. Don't those niggas live in Colorado? Like, Matt and Trey? I'm like, sure. They actively... Okay, right, you know... Okay, so you say that. You say that, but do you know that shrooms, like, psilocybin, is currently legal in Colorado. You know what's one of my favorite Colorado facts? During COVID, I think that, oh no, it wasn't, it was the Broncos that did this. He don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm gonna let him continue go on. During COVID, uh -huh. when they were playing football games with nobody in the stands, uh -huh. they just put all the South Park character cutouts in the stands. That's great. <laughs> That's great. 
Let us not forget that Matt Stone and Trey Parker, right, of South Park. But what you may not remember is that when they went to, I believe it was the Oscars, right? Was it the Oscars? It might have been the Tonys. Was it the Tonys? They went high on acid. Yep. In a dress, I think. Trey, I believe, was dressed in the same dress that J-Lo wore to the Grammys. <laughs> High on acid. <laughs> when you describe an episode of South Park where they <laughs> smoke and crack in the woods and witch hats, it's really not that out of the realm of possibility. For Matt Stone and Trey Parker. You know what's um, also not out of the realm of possibility? <clears throat> what's that, Zig? Me winning a political election. <sighs> I feel like. And this is not a dig. That is less possible than Matt Stone and Trey Parker smoking crack in the woods. Yes, it is less possible than that. <laughs> I will give it to you there. But, but as I said, but, Ziggy is running for political office. I'd vote for Dan Glennon, and you can too. While you smoke crack in the woods and you're witching. I'm not gonna say anything about that. You don't get caught, don't turn into a literal <laughs> witch. If you don't and start... get caught, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> vote for Dan Glennon is a vote for just don't get caught. <laughs> a vote for Dan Glennon is, in fact, a vote for Dan Glennon, and it will be counted. Now, as far as I know, <laughs> I am still. There, there are two people running for the two seats available. So in How that, many seats are there, so there are two seats for men and two seats for women. I think okay. there are two okay. men running, one of which is me, and then one woman running, whose name I cannot recall at the moment. So you have no competition. Correct. <laughs> which is why I was saying I might win. Well, I had a phone call with somebody from the United Postal Service. Oh, or the, the, yeah, from from the United States Postal Service. Okay, okay. And oh, they were like, so what would like you, big boy shit, what would you like to do right? for your uh, campaigning, like, mail outs and everything? And I'm like, um, I'm not. And they're just like, well, I mean, like, well, what made you want to run? And I was like, well, nobody else was running. And I was sitting two seats away from the county executive. And everybody asked me why I was running, and I was like, nobody else was running, and fuck fascism. Two seats away from the county executive. And I got a round of applause. A the round lady, of applause from how big was the crowd? It was a room full of candidates. A room full of candidates? How, like, I need to know. Like, how big was the crowd? 40 or 50 people? Damn. And how many people would you say were, like, clapping? 25 to 35? Damn. <laughs> That's a round of applause. Listen, I just I'm trying to like get a full picture here, right? So I I was talking to Lori was her name. She was like, "Well, do you have like a campaign slogan?" And I was like, okay. "Yeah, it's vote for Dan Glennon. I would too, or not. That's kind of your choice and the point of democracy. But if you decide to vote for me, I would appreciate it." I'm sorry. That is your entire slogan. Yes. The campaign email is dan for you aac I mean, that's not 
terrible, right? That's, it's pretty bad, though. That's that's easy to remember, though, right? Like, I know, I remember that you designed the email to be, like, as you said, a 12-year-old girl. And somebody um, also made the accurate comparison of, like, wait, like, Nathan for you? And I'm like, yeah, basically. Except for Dan Run for Politics. Instead of dumb Starbucks. This time it's dumb politics. And it looks like you have a chance of winning. Yep. You already said you're going to be embarrassed if I don't get 60 votes. Only And if you don't vote for me. The primaries are coming up for me. It's sometime in July. And I mean, they're already. Like, you know what's here, wild? Our primary is sometime. I don't even know how much the position pays. Excuse me. But you're worried about the pay when you are a public servant. Dog, I'm door dashing. <laughs> so the answer this to your question a is a resounding yes. Job, sir? Yeah, you know you what else is a civil servant? Me? Door dashing. You mean to tell me that people get into politics for money? What a twist. How absurd. I mean, the boulder dash. Like, you know what's really crazy? Honestly. When people get involved in news media and decide that it's not about the money. What on earth do you mean, good sir? So you heard about these January 6th committee hearings, right? You're, you heard about them. You heard about the one, it's like, it's mean, like a five episode saga and you, we just got the first episode. You mean the January, January 6th, the day that, that QAnon and, and the brigade stormed the Capitol, right? Like that January 6th. Yeah. Well, Not they're, they're talking about one. how there was a seven part plan that Trump enacted to start this whole thing. Seven part plan Did and already laid out that they're gonna be doing this over like five or six hearings with all of these testimony and all of this unreleased footage and all of this crap. There's unreleased footage from the January 6th Capitol riot. Yeah. The one that um, like all of the Proud Boys are being charged with Sedition yeah, because there was a documentarian doing a video documentary with the leader of the Proud Boys. Of course there was. Well, he wasn't fucking, what is his name? Questin. Or Questin? something like that. No, it's uh, Enrico Tario or something like that. No. Yeah. It, I'm talking about the documentarian. Oh, Questin. okay. Yeah. Like his, name, his last name was like Quested or something like so that. So the leader of the Proud Boys, though, is Henry Enrique Tario. He wasn't even in D.C. on January 6th because he had been literally kicked out of the city by by the government and the police for being a shitbird. Also, for starting shit, right? Like, they're, they're being charged with sedition for 11 members of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys are being charged with sedition. So, to bring it back to my their point... roles in the January 6th Capitol riot. As you were saying, people getting into politics for money? Well, here's the thing. During the January 6th elections, that was literally like body blow to body blow to body blow to Trump. Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity ran with no commercials. 
which, as Stephen Colbert put it, It was such a juicy burger that Fox News knew that even their viewers would be tempted to take a bite, which is why, and this is true, for the first hour of his show, opposite the hearings, Tucker Carlson took no commercial breaks. <laughs> Do you understand what that means? Fox News is willing to lose money to keep their viewers from flipping over and accidentally learning information. Which is why they won't be airing the January 6th uh, committee hearings. Right? Nope. No, instead, they will let the proceedings run through while their normal uh, rotation plays. And then afterwards, they will give like a two hour recap on like Fox Business or some shit. Like oh yeah, that. I remember seeing that they would, they would yeah. air it on Fox Business. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll give a recap later on where they can spend the normal narrative that will have it seen as less of an event than what it really was. And Look at how was. incompetent this committee leader is. He comes from a town of only 518. <sighs> I'm, I'm so... They tried to say that the guy who was leading the committee was not capable of leading it because his judgment was clouded by the fact that his son committed suicide. Dog. That's Matt Gates, by the way. It's the same dog and pony show, right? Like, the, all the way around. The same way they are looking for anything to blame the recent spring of mass shootings on anything other than the availability and the access, the open access to deadly firearms. Wait, but it's gotta be the doors. Oh, it's not just the doors. Wait, but it's gotta be God. It's not just God. Oh, but wait, it's gotta be mental health. It's not just that. It's all the porn, it's the weed, it's the single moms, it's the social media. All right, people who smoke weed, the last thing they're gonna do is go shoot up somewhere. The massacre of 19 children and two teachers over at Robb Elementary in Uvalid, Texas, is still having rippling effects throughout the country. As a matter of fact, within the last weekend that we have recorded, there were over, I think, 12 mass shootings throughout the country. The definition now of mass shooting is when three plus more people are injured. I believe it's four more people, but that's semantics. The whole point is, the whole point is over the weekend though, it seems that we are progressively getting to a place where gun violence is pushing to be one of the larger forefront issues in this country, right? By the um, way, they're doing a GoldenEye remake. <laughs> and gun legislation, it, it, uh, it almost looks like we are at a point where some kind of gun legislation may be passed unanimously throughout the House and the Senate. It looks like something soon may be coming out to help alleviate the recent rise in gun violence, but I just feel like at this point, it, I don't, it, I don't want to say it's too little, too late, but like, dog, come on. Well, like, I mean, the, these so, guns are already on the streets, right? So like, the house did pass some gun reform 
I think it was called Protect Our Children Act. Come on, like... And what it was, on, like, some things that we... I saw, it would raise the age to buy semi-automatics we... to 21, it would ban bump stocks, and it would, in it would have storage requirements for your gun, and it would limit large magazine sales. But it is not expected to pass in the Senate. Thanks, Joe Manchin. It's not just Joe Manchin, right? It is money over the well-being of their constituents, right? Now, I just want to say, as a person who is up for political office, I'm sure the political position will pay more than door dashing, and I'm not a greedy fuck. It's not just gun legislation, right? Like, there's a recent push um, with the current rise in gas prices, right, for the government to step in and place some kind of cap on the price gouging that is happening, right? Because to an extent, yes, there are supply chain issues that the nation is facing, right? But to a certain extent, when companies like Shell are reporting like the best profit margins that the company has ever seen, triple some of their previous profit margins, all of these gas companies, right, are reporting numbers of profit in the record high, while gas prices are continuing to soar throughout the nation. <laughs> Trust me, I have made note of how much each gas station is charging. I know which ones are $4.97 a gallon. Uh, there was a fucking gas station, I think in like Illinois just recently that had some kind of com weird computer glitch and their gas prices went down to like a dollar something and you better believe there was a fucking run on gas at that bitch. That's how desperate people are right now, right? And you know that that company is trying to like recoup some of that profit. You have a couple of politicians, um, Katie Porter, I believe, or uh, Kirsten Gillibrand um, is pushing for legislation that would prevent gas companies from price gouging during economic crises like the one we're facing right now, especially with the war in Ukraine causing such a bottleneck on the supply chain. I just want to throw a quick thing out there. So AOC tweeted out, like, love the smell of gun reform in the morning as a response to something that Matt Gates said. And Matt Gates was like, blah, blah, blah. And then apparently the right wing thing to AOC is to just be like, stop hitting on me. Y'all, she's engaged. Leave her alone. I feel like the cattiness that has, that our political system has like devolved into thanks to our reality TV president is really part of the problem with what's going on but with But seriously, she's engaged. Leave her alone. Leave Russell Wilson alone. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip of him popping up on Sierra recently, like when she was doing promo for her new video and all of that shit. He uh, did the charming thing and popped out. Listen, there's <laughs> he did the charming thing, popped out of the bushes with the flowers and all that shit. That real Prince Charming type shit, and you already know that's uh, that's par for the course in Russell Wilson's playbook, right? Like, yeah. He has been that loving, supportive boyfriend ever since she left. Um, Future King King <laughs> of the Savages. <laughs> 
Future really does exude like end boss energy. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even gonna argue with right. Like, there's really no argument for that. Like, <laughs> Future exudes end boss energy. I feel like Future does shit that even Drake couldn't fucking get away with. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, chase a check. Never chase a bitch. And it was a banger. I fuck her from the back, made her pee pee. Yeah. Yep. For those of you who aren't in the know, I didn't just say some random <laughs> shit just now to uh, be, what's the word, offensive. <laughs> I just quoted future lyrics. That's all I did yep. just now because future is the only nigga that could get away with saying some wild shit. Maybe Lil Wayne, right? Like, maybe Wayne could get away from. But also, then, there's like those anti-rappers, like like Hopson or something like no, that. No, no, I was gonna say Eminem couldn't get away with saying. Yeah, that Eminem like couldn't that. get away with no. that. However, if he's talking about locking a bitch in a trunk and murdering her, he totally could. No, I feel like he would get canceled for that. But he's already done that. And they're trying to cancel him for it. They're trying to cancel him over Kim. To which I will respond. Good luck future however is not Russell Wilson and uh, even some of Russell Wilson's fellow NFL players had some shit to say about his antics and his his whole demeanor right continuing Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson just to remind everybody he was traded continuing to call him lame and square and he reminded everybody that he is going to continue to be square if it allows him to uh, boo up with Sierra, right? And I just feel like, is is Russell Wilson really square, or do we do we just have a culture of hating on like actual good guys? Is it so rare for us to see like a man who genuinely loves and appreciates his woman? That when we see it, we just feel like there's something off with it. It's like uncanny valley at this point to see real love and admiration. Like people are just like, I don't, I don't like it. I can't imagine that somebody could actually be that happy with another person. How do you get to be so lucky? All right, I'm not saying that they're not that happy together. I'm saying that Russell Wilson, however, is lame because. Okay. Like, he does all of this stuff, and it's, like, super sweet, right? But okay. if, if all of his interviews, he's super bland. He's a super boring, media-trained professional. Like, he doesn't say anything interesting, nothing remotely controversial. Yeah, maybe he's different in private with him and Sierra. And, and like, Sierra responds differently to this because of how Russell is open with her. But to all of us, like, Russell's just... He's boring and lame. Damn. Damn. You know what else is, uh... Like, we have nothing bad to say about Russell Wilson. We know how good of a quarterback he is, but, like... Like, that's all we know. Well, people had a lot to say about Rolling Stone this week. They recently debuted their top 200 hip-hop albums of all time list, and the top 10 got people quite fired up. They got me wanting to take a break.
upgrade, my son. Well, that depends. Can you go fuck yourself? All right. Rolling Stone, top two hundo. So there was a meme that floated around recently with the uh, debut of this Rolling Stone article that features the what they have attributed to be the top 200 hip-hop albums of all time, right? And that meme that was floating around was of the top 10, which featured like Cardi B and um, Missy Elliott and you know, Biggie and of course Jay-Z, right? Uh, and, uh, and and of course the, the meme that was floating around had everybody up in arms. How the fuck dare you? This list is so inaccurate. Like, I can't believe they would even try some shit like this. When I showed you the article, you were like, <laughs> what did you say? All I was like, staff. oh, like, oh, look. All white staff make controversial list of hip-hop albums. This isn't news. But if you actually go and look at the Rolling Stone article, the list is a little bit less controversial, I'll say. Like, the Cardi B I, album I heard the top ten that you read me, yeah, which did the, not have the Cardi B no, album. But it is, Cardi B's album is in the top 25, though. Right, so I want to run down the top 25 for you real quick, and you tell me how controversial you find it, and then we'll talk about, like, where, like, we feel like what should be changed. Okay, around. so if I have no problem with it being in the top 25, I'll just be like, okay. If I have a problem with the position, I'll raise it up. So, at 25, we have Eminem's The Marshall Matters LP, right? I think that should be higher. 24, we have Nas's Illmatic. That should definitely be higher. We have, at 23, UGK Riding Dirty, which I personally feel like should be higher. 22, it's DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot. All right. Should be higher. Uh, I have no problem with it being in top 25. At 20, we have Future's DS2, which arguably I feel like should be in the top 25, maybe at 25. Right? I so, think it should be lower than it is. At 19, we have Lil' Kim with Hardcore. At 18, we have Mad Villain with Mad Villainy. Um, Great album. I think that definitely should be in the top 25. And I'm at, okay with it being at 19? It was 18. 18. I'm, I'm okay with that being at 18. At 17, we have Kanye with Yeezus, who appears twice on this list, right? 16, we have Cardi B with Invasion of Privacy, right? So here's the difference between the article and the meme that was floating around. And I don't know if this was some kind of slick adjustment that Rolling Stone made out of the last minute, but at, at, as of what I'm reading here right now, Cardi B is at 16, right? Then we have Eric B and Rakim with Paid in Full at 15. Great album. Then we have Ghostface Killer with Supreme Clientele. Great album. 14, um, but... I, I feel like there are better Ghostface Killer albums. Uh, we have Dr. Dre at 13. Chronic? With 2001. 2001. Well then. Fuck Great me. album. I'm surprised it 13? The Chronic was like fucking 43 or something. That's, that's like a that. joke. Uh, that's a fucking joke. Lord Willen with the clips uh, at 12. Uh, Drake's Take Care at 11, which I found a little bit funny. Just a little funny. 
Not my favorite Drake album. Also, Take Care over Lord Willing. Like, come on, who made this list, dog? See, this, but listen, this is what they wanted, right? I mean, they I'm going to say, like, no, my, my favorite Drake album one. is controversial. Like, I love Views, but that's mainly because of the production. Wow. Wow. I'm not even going to get into it with you on that. Because the only answer to that was actually Quentin Miller's best-selling album, and that's, if you're reading this, it's too late. <laughs> that's also a fucking incredible album. Oh, and okay. an amazing meme. But, but, number 10, Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. <laughs> Fun fact, I believe I've said it on this podcast before, but there are only two hip-hop albums of all time to win Album of the Year at the Grammys. One is The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, and the other is The Speaker Box Love Below by Outkast, which is not in the top top 10. No, not at all. At number nine, though, we have A Tribe Called Quest with Low End Theory. Uh, Number eight, we have The Wu-Tang Clan with Enter the Wu-Tang Clan, 36 Chambers. Number seven, we have Missy Elliott with Miss E So Addictive, right? Uh, Which I feel like, I... I don't know. I don't um, think I would put Missy in the top 10. Uh, that's a fucking violation. That is a total violation. Uh, I just wouldn't have put that album in the top 10. I would have put Super Duper Fly in the top 10, but that's not even in the top 25 according to this list. You should probably go check out Missy's catalog before you go to the cookout. Uh, at number six, we have Kanye West with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, right? Uh, so that is the second time, as I said, Kanye West has appeared on this list. At number five, we have Kendrick Lamar with To Pimp a Butterfly. At number four, we have Public Enemy with It Takes a Nation to Millions to Hold Us Back. Uh, number three, we have Jay-Z with The Blueprint. Mm-hmm. At number two, we have Outkast with Stank Onya. And at number one, we have the Notorious B.I.G. with Ready to Die. I would like to notice in the top 25, there was not a single Tupac album. No, not at all. Also, Nas. Illmatic at 24 is a fucking joke. That is a fucking joke. Like that, that should be number one. Are you kidding me? Also, Stankonia over Equimini, over Southern... Over Equimini I can get. Over over Speakerbox Love Below, I don't know. What? No. Fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Equimini is a fucking classic. Boom. Everybody move to the back of the bus. Nope. People that look. No. We the type of people look at come on. Oh man, but Rose, Rose Parks is a banger. I'm gonna give you that. Southern playlistic Cadillac funky music. If you can't get with that, I mean, you're t- I love Outcast. I'm not, gonna I love Outcast. Listen, but I will also admit my favorite Outcast album is Speaker Box Love Love. Which is funny to me because that is literally the album that they made like parodying like the 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 ideals of like fame and like being like pop icons and shit like that. Right? Which like, for somebody as meta as I am makes sense. Granted, I also love Stankonia and Aquemini. 
And Southern Playlistic Funky Cadillac. Southern Playlistic Cadillac Funky Music. All right. Southern Playlistic Cadillac Funky Music. Or Freaknik for short. No. <laughs> no. Just no. Okay, so my problems here about this list is just no. Marshall it's Mathers no. should definitely be higher. Where would you put the Marshall Mathers? I would put it over the future album for sure. Do Look we, at the track list on Marshall Mathers LP real to, quick. I was gonna say, do we have to break the track list? Look at the track that? list from Marshall Mathers LP. Listen, there are some eminent fans. I'm I like like Marshall Marshall, I'm not gonna say it should be like top ten, but like it should be over like future. I mean, Dirty Sprite 2 is fucking fire. <laughs> Real Slim Shady, The Way I Am, Stan. I'm back. I'm back. Because I'm just Marshall Mathers. This, yo. I'm just a regular guy. I don't know why all the fuss about me. Did you forget about King Kniff? Oh, yeah. How could we forget about Ken Kniff? <laughs> you want to put that up against Dirty Sprite 2? Kill you. Stan. The way I am. The real Slim Shady. I'm back. Drug Ballad. Amityville. Kim. Criminal. So, so, I'm supposed to be impressed by that. When we had fuck up some commas, blow up a bag, real sister, dick talk. Come on. Come on. All right, let me They're say. They're not playing stand in the club, but they are playing rich sex, though. How much of all the shit off Rico? of the Pippa Butterfly are they playing in the club outside of, like, King Kunta and All Right? I have an issue with the first song that you named being King Kunta. And I just, just, just on a like basic level, right? Like not even on like a personal attack. Like it's just- it's, It is a banger. It's also ironic. But it also is a banger. The Percocet and the stripper joint was also a banger. Listen, I'm just saying Dirty Sprite 2 was not playing hot around. take hot take this was rolling stone being like all right we can't cape too much for the white man i also i don't feel like that i don't feel like the inclusion of a future album is negligent i, I think the them list. not putting the mark like, mathers lp album higher uh -oh. is them being like oh we can't cape for the white man <laughs> I just feel like, you know... Because it is Rolling Stone, so... It's also, but I also think it's a fucking travesty that Illmatic is 25? Yeah, no, I... That's a I joke. That's a fucking... That. Like, that, that legitimately could be number one. No, this whole list is a joke, right? It's just traffic for for Rolling Stone. Right? What, what like, top... Out of the top ten, what do you have a problem with? I also think it's a joke that there's no Tupac album in there. Uh, All Eyes on Me should definitely be on there. I don't disagree with you. I was trying to think if there was a better Tupac album to go on there, and I feel like uh, if it's not strictly for my niggas, then All Eyes on Me is definitely a great candidate. Well, you have to think about, like, he doesn't... Not or, all of, like, the bangers are on that album, no, but I mean, I'm like, you have a lot of, like, the, the real iconic, heartfelt Tupac songs, like Brenda's Got a Bait. 
I, I, hot take, I also don't like the song Brenda's Got a Baby. I mean, of course you would. How could you identify with it? Your lifestyle ain't like... Nah, that's not my point. Uh, my point is, I'm not even just talking about bangers, right? Like, I feel like sonically, right? Like, these are well-put-together masterpieces, right? And I feel like Tupac had quite a considerable amount of those kinds of Like, albums. I think I Ain't Mad um, At You is one of the best hip-hop songs I've ever heard. Me Against the World was right? a classic album, right? Like, Temptations, right? That's the album that had How Do You Want It on there, like... Like that album. Which is, one had picture me rolling? That was all lies on me. I mean, I the, first time, I the first time, the first time I heard picture me rolling. First the, time I heard picture me rolling was on the new mix, NU mix classics two. I'm mad because I literally had the album cover pictured in my fucking head, right? And I could not like think of the title just now. I just I completely blanked on that shit. I feel like out of the top 10, right, like I said, I would have put Missy Elliott's uh, Super Duper Fly instead of Missy So Addictive, right? But I, I'm a, I, I haven't listened to that album in a while, so I'm going to go, it'll make me go back and listen to this shit, right? And that's why I feel like ultimately when I thought about talking about this list, it became more of a discussion of how these kinds of lists are just marketing tactics at this point to get well, people to like come onto the site. And people love up. lists, right? Like, people love lists. The meme wasn't even the actual top ten, right? When we went to the list, we saw that the top ten was different than the meme that's floating around on all these different like hip hop sites and so, culture sites. So my biggest problem is Illmatic not being in the top 10. Oh, absolutely. That's a fucking travesty. No, yeah, it's a, it's an absolute injustice. How the fuck dare you, Rolling Stone? Um, you were talking about the God MC. I, I, they would, I guess some people would argue that it's Rakim, right? But I'm like... I, I mean, I was listening to, uh, an old episode of the Lupe and Royce show, and Royce was just like, Nas, you know, the greatest of all time. Royce the five nine. The person who I argued is probably the best word, one of the best wordsmiths, if not the best wordsmith. Is wordsmith a corny term? I mean, I use the word meme smith. Memesmanship. I feel like that's corny. I feel like that's corny. Aren't memes corny? No. Isn't that the whole point of a meme? Like, what makes memes corny is them being popular for, like, so long. Was there ever a point where Minions memes were not corny? Who's to say that, you know, we don't have, like, the memes that go Like, was Salt Bay corny? Was the Oh Shit What Up Frog corny? Yes, yes, that was. I was getting ready to say, uh, I think the whole point about Salt Bay was the fact that that shit was like some swagged out like oh yeah also doesn't hurt that he was very handsome damn daniel wasn't corny when it first started out yes um, it was was it it was <laughs> come on guys with their fans and that's how it hey everybody <laughs> my real name is not ziggy
It's, it's Dan. It's Dan, and if you check the Anne Arundel County political political poll thingy, and when you're voting ballot, that's the word ballot. When you check your ballot, you'll see Dan Glennon, and you should vote for Dan Glennon because Dan Glennon would vote for Dan Glennon. But if you don't, that's kind of fine too. That's the whole point of democracy, and I'll take my L with grace, unlike Trump. And that's the whole slogan. <laughs> and just like that, you can find us at the Flood Pod on everything, and that's on everything. everything. And if you happen to be needing Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, Flesh or Blood, card supplies, board games, anything like that, you can check out TokenMTG.com. Use the promo code Ziggy for 10% off your order, or check out their actual store in Edgewater, Maryland, if you are local. And don't forget to tweet at us, but keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. And we ended the show without reminding you guys that... None of this is normal. Except for, I guess, we just reminded you that none of this is normal. So this is the part where I'd be like, be safe. Deuces! Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Oh. Wait, why can't we talk about <laughs> it? It is time to.